Oh, okay. Are the mics turned up? I the mics are at the normal volume. They're at exactly oh, halfway. And Tyler's plugged into the roadcaster. Tyler is plugged. Well, otherwise we wouldn't be able to hear him. <laughs> okay. Um, and he's at what I think is a reasonable volume. Okay. So the roadcaster's on. The roadcaster's <laughs> on. The recording lights red. Okay. We, perfect. We can do this now. Welcome to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. The Vancouver Boys are the most entertaining sports cast in British Columbia. Steve Dangle here. I love the Vancouver Boys. It's the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Woo! Welcome back, everybody, to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. I am your host this week, Marcus Keller, joined, as always, by my excellent co-hosts, Jake Jude. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Episode 58, by the way. Episode 58. Glanced over that. That's right. And no one else is here. <laughs> what? We are alone. Well, that's that's the same as every week. Yeah, but usually Tyler joins us remotely. Mm-hmm. Uh, this week, Tyler will not be able to join us as he is at work. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, unfortunately, podcasting is not a full-time job, or not for us anyway. Not yet. Not yet. I mean, <laughs> once we get a real sponsor, maybe yeah. we can we can look at that. Yeah, 33 uh, thoughts. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, for, for the time being, uh, we do still have day jobs, and unfortunately, uh, Tyler got scheduled to work tonight. He will be joining us later in the show, mm-hmm. uh, a little while later, so stick around. He will be here. Uh, and by here, I mean somewhere on the island because he, <laughs> yeah. he's never here. Uh, but he will be joining us as he does every week. This week, we actually have a new part of the show that we want to introduce you guys yeah. to. We thought it would be a fun idea to give you guys a bit of an idea of what you're in for this week. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you a rundown of the docket, which is a, a... Well, I'll let Marcus explain what the docket is. Okay, well, the docket, at least for the Vancouver boys, mm-hmm. is a... Basically, we all share a notes tab on our phones that like... Welcome to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. The Vancouver Boys are the most entertaining sports cast in British Columbia. Steve Dangle here. I love the Vancouver Boys. It's the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Woo! That docket before the episode, just so you guys kind of know what you're in for for the next hour and a bit. So I guess without any further ado, Marcus, do you want to give them the first docket? And we got to have a, like an intro for this. What do you think yeah. we should do to like get this thing started, to kick it off? I'm thinking like, um, I, I don't know, like I, I'll, I'll say something like, this week on the docket. <laughs> and the, you, you know, like the beginning of Judge Judy. Sure, when, okay, sure. You know what? Weird fact too. Uh, okay. The voice at the beginning of Judge Judy is Al Murdoch. Who's the no same, way. Who's the same guy that does the in-arena announcements for the Vancouver Canucks during their games. That's really cool. It's I the didn't same guy. Know. Okay, here's the way we'll tie it in. I'll put like a gavel noise. So it'll be like, what? <laughs> this week on The, the Docket. docket. <laughs> Great. Okay. All right. For now, we'll, we'll just do. clap because we, yes. I, I don't, you know what? I left my gavel at home. I so. bet you Tyler has one. Like, Oh, guarantee you there is a gavel in the studio somewhere. <laughs> he doesn't have any hammers, but he has a gavel. No, he doesn't have any scissors, he but he has edge gavel. cutters. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know if our listeners even know about that joke. No. But Tyler doesn't have normal things <laughs> in his house. He has like gigantic industrial versions of what you're looking for. <laughs> All right. Well, then uh, well, we're, we're not putting a, uh, a hammer through the desk, so we'll no. have to get a little or <laughs> you know, a sledgehammer. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we'll get a little gavel noise, and we'll put that in. Okay. Wonderful. All right. So, so again, 
without further ado, the inaugural docket reading. Here we go. This week on the docket. Uh, we're going to start off uh, with some Vancouver news, as we always do, some Canucks news. Uh, we'll move that into the goof of the week, which is sometimes also Canucks news, but uh, usually <laughs> not. Um, uh, after that, we're going to go into some coaching changes around the league and just some uh, top stories there. Then after the break, we should be looking at just some top stories from the playoffs, just some of the things that you guys have been excited about and everything we've been watching all week. Uh, the elimination report, of course, which you guys have come to love. Uh, then we will move promptly into the inbox where we answer your guys' questions, topics, and takes, which you send to our Instagram story every week. Uh, and of course, that always leads to everyone's favorite segment, Tyler's surprise headline. And that's how we'll end off the show. Cool. Then I guess let's keep the train rolling. Okay. Marcus, let's get us kicked off with the fake sponsor. All right. Well, just to remind our listeners that the fake sponsor of the week is only a placeholder for a real sponsor, which we still think <laughs> we might be able to get someday. This week's episode of the Vancouver Boys podcast is brought to you by the Cybertruck's Deadlines. Much like Jake Ottinger, no matter how hard they tried, they just couldn't get it done. The Cybertruck, still shipping to customers within two years' time. <laughs> Oh, man. Like, I've been waiting for this thing for so long. Yeah. yeah. This thing was announced, like, years ago. I know. And it's and sad. they said it would be ready in 2020. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Well, the Lightning, I don't know if you saw it, just hit production. Did it? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be rolling out pretty quick here. And those two are going to be the competing against each other because for they're sure. big names, and they have relatively low prices when you compare it to other e-trucks. Yeah, well, do you see the Hummer's, like, 200 grand yeah. starting? Yeah. It's insane. I know. Yeah. yeah each wheel has its own motor i think in yeah, the base yeah. model it's like there's <laughs> yeah. just no middle ground for them. yeah no kidding yeah <laughs> but yeah no i i can't believe how much of a botched uh launch the cybertruck has had i know i mean like day one then yeah, putting really a fucking the, rock through yeah, the window like. yeah that really summed up the whole thing didn't <laughs> yeah, it yeah, no yeah. Kidding. and it's too bad because honestly I, I went from watching that video and kind of hating it i was like ah that looks stupid it looks like a dorito on wheels like i didn't like it at <laughs> dorito all on wheels. it did it yeah, looked it looked stupid yeah. but now that i've seen it enough times in pictures i'm like okay Okay, I, I could get behind the... It's growing on you. I could get behind the triangle in that. <laughs> I could get in the Dorito. <laughs> yeah. But it's... Well, especially with gas prices now. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready to sell my car and bike everywhere. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. This is ridiculous. You see, yeah. it's 233 over Jeez. the weekend. Yikes. Yeah, I uh, I don't have to fill up that often. My car's pretty fuel efficient, but damn. Yeah. I think the last time I filled up, it was like 210, and I thought that was crazy. I filled up at 219 because it was forecasting that it was going to go up. And yeah. it turns out I was incredibly lucky that I listened to that. Yeah. God, it just, it jumps like 10 cents and everyone's like, yeah, it went up. Not, holy shit, gas went up by 10 cents. I know. Which typically is like a big deal. It is insane. Hey, at me. least BC's getting relief for it though. Yeah, in August. <laughs> yeah. And the premier had advice. John Horgan uh, very helpfully said, think twice before you drive. When he was asked what kind of relief, even there when would you're be. sober, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, that was when he said when he said okay, uh, or a, a reporter asked him, yeah. okay, Alberta's doing this; they're abolishing a bunch of taxes. Yeah, a bunch of other provinces are. What are you going to do? He said, "I'm asking British Columbians to think twice before they get behind the wheel." <laughs> Jeez. Can okay. you afford to drive? Yeah, yeah. 
no, it, it's mental. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm not the premier. I should be, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Marcus 2021. Yeah. They're 2022 now. Got some good ideas. Yeah. BC government is abolishing all taxes and acquiring the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> and then selling it for parts. <laughs> That's right. Okay, but in your fake sponsor, though, you referenced Jake Ottinger. I what did. a performance, hey? I know. Man, I feel bad for him. Uh, honestly, like, I can't remember the last time I've seen a young goalie come into the playoffs and just play so out of his mind like that. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. I can remember it. It was Thatcher Demko in the bubble. Yeah, I guess Bennington would have been the year before. Yep. Yeah. Markstrom got injured. I think it was game one or two, and Demko mm-hmm. had to come in. Yeah. He had a 9-8-9 save percentage over two games. Jesus. What did he get? A shutout and a one goal against game? Uh, it was, we lost by two, but the second goal was an empty netter, so it didn't count against his yeah, percentage. Yeah. But yeah. Huh. No, he, he played, and we allowed like 50 shots in both games. Yeah. And both games ended in regulation. Yeah. And we won one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, Ottinger's performance was wicked in that series. And, like, honestly, I'm not a really big fan of the Dallas Stars. They're kind of one of those teams where I'm just like, I could take them or leave them. Yeah. But, man, I felt bad for him. No, me too. Like, the other thing that I noticed about these young goalies is, like, obviously Demko doesn't fit this same rubric. But, like, Bennington, Murray, you know, they come in and they make these big names for themselves in the playoffs. And then they kind of start to kind of fade away into obscurity. Yeah. Um, obviously, Murray's now a nobody. Yeah. And, you know, Bennington's had a bit of a resurgence, right? But this season, he lost the crease to Villiuso. Yeah. So I hope that that doesn't happen for Jake Ottinger being a first-round pick. But, yeah, no uh, kidding. But, yeah, man, if, if his future is anything to be told by that series, he is going to be a serious contender in net for the Stars, which could be great for them, or it could actually be a bad thing. How do you see that? When I look at the roster in Dallas, it's a, an aging roster. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have the pieces they need to do a deep cut run, cup run outside of the pipes. But they're not bad enough to blow it up yet. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, if you have a good young goalie coming up, it's like, oh, well, you know, we've got a good goalie. Let's just build out from the crease. And it's like, yeah, but you don't have any young talent, really. Like, I yeah. shouldn't say they don't have any, because they do, right? They have Robertson. Yeah, and, Robertson was and, in Calder conversations. Yeah, and then obviously they have... Um, Heiskanen. Heiskanen, Mira Heiskanen, right? Yeah. So, like, they do have young pieces, right? Um, it's just, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Because I think, uh, I don't know, I think tearing it down might be a, the better decision before they build it back up. But who knows, I could be wrong. They did make it to the cup final in 2020. Yeah, no one expected them to do that. Yeah. Anyway. S- speaking of teams that peaked recently in 2020, that might need to look at blowing things up. How are the old Canucks doing this week? Oh, good. They're acquiring Philip Forsberg. No, they're yeah, not. Yeah, you're going to throw shots at me? I'll throw them right <laughs> back, buddy. No, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah. We'll hit a nice um, crescendo with that. Yeah, you'll hit a fucking nerve. That's what you'll do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to talk about my bold prediction from last week that uh, Mikheyev was going to be a Canuck. Okay. There's rumors now that surfaced well after our episode aired. Yeah. He is a potential free agency target for the Canucks. Well, everyone's a potential free agency target. Right, but they've narrowed it down to a few people who they think are legitimate candidates who, like, it's not just, hey, they could do it. It's, oh, no, like, we've heard that they're talking about him. Mikheyev's come up in a lot of conversations. Do you know any particular source that's referenced this? Just off the top of your head. Uh, Yeah, Rick Dollywall and Chris Faber were talking about it. They're two pretty well-respected guys in the field. So then can we say... It's confirmed that Rick Dollywall and Chris, what is it, Faber? Faber. Faber? Faber with a B. Okay. Faber. 
they uh, they they listen to the Vancouver Boys podcast. Hundred percent. And this is where they get their rumors and news. Yeah. Chris Faber <laughs> follows me on TikTok. Really? Yeah. Cool. Does yeah. Rick Dollywall? If you think Rick Dollywall has TikTok, <laughs> you're out of your mind. That would I don't be know. that would be like Don Cherry following us on Twitch. Just to put that in perspective. No, yeah, dude, Don Cherry streaming on Twitch, man, that would be a sight. <laughs> He's like trying to play COD. He's like, that guy there, he went that way. And <laughs> yeah. his teammates are like, all right, Don, you're in charge. What do you do? You you sit, you listen here, you young kids at home, you don't you you you, 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 you don't do that. <laughs> Don, I'm already dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Everyone's already offline. He's still going. Yeah. He still hasn't finished the sentence. <laughs> yeah, it's like, geez. Anyway, Mikheyev to the Canucks, and I like yeah, it. Mikheyev to the Canucks, guaranteed, 100%. Yeah. No, well, he, here's the thing. It makes sense for two reasons. One, Podkolzin is the only Russian guy on the team, and he mostly speaks Russian. Mm-hmm. Like, this would be a big thing to help him feel at home. And it's well known that they're trying and have a good chance to land Andre Kuzmenko of the KHL. So it would look good to have more Russians on the team that he could, you know, potentially speak with, mm-hmm. you know? You 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 got to think that JT Miller is getting moved, hundred percent. There's no way that this many rumors can be coming up about this many players, and they're not moving out a big contract. I would be shocked if JT Miller is here at the beginning of next season. Yeah, and, and you remember earlier this season, I jumped on the trade Miller wagon for a while, yep. and then I ju- I promptly jumped off of it and mm-hmm. went, no, never mind. You know, it he showed so much of why he is as valuable as he is. Mm-hmm. And that that almost brought me to a sad realization, which is that he is worth every penny of whatever ridiculous contract he could ask for. If he asks mm-hmm. for a 10 by 8, prop, he's going to get that somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. someone will pay it, and the first four to five years of that contract will look great. Uh, well, they will look okay, pretty yeah, good. They, all right, yeah. We don't have the space to do it. We simply don't. We are too strapped mm-hmm. uh, to the cap. And again, this new management group under Rutherford and Alvin has said specifically, they're not here to make a playoff contender. They're here to make a cup contender. Yeah. Right? And the bottom line is, unfortunately, JT Miller is not going to hit his peak the same time the rest of this team is. Mm -hmm. So you can't lock up $10 million in cap to him and then not be able to surround the rest of your team with guys that match their peak. Right, yeah. that you just can't build a team that way, and it's sad because again, Miller was so much of this season yeah. and the last few seasons for us. And I think that the most valuable part to his game is the identity and the culture he brings. Right, he it has is. that he has that killer instinct. He has that want to win, and it just really, really sucks that he's a couple years older than Pedersen, Hughes, even Horvat. Right? Yeah. It just it really sucks that that he's going to be moving on just because he's not a younger guy. Yeah. I hate that. The other thing is like, you know, some people were, I want to say just hopeful that he might take some type of a deal to stay. And uh, that's the problem is his agents already pretty well confirmed that he won't. They're looking at um, Stamkos as a comparable to him. Yeah. Which like it's, it's very clear that they're not saying, you know, yeah, we want to win here. They're saying we want to win somewhere and we want to get paid. Yeah. And that's fair. I I have nothing against him, but it it, it won't happen here. It, It just can't. It's just like that agent and really the deal can't get dragged on, 
right? Exactly. They, they, they need to make it very clear on their intentions so that Rutherford and Alvin can get the best return for him. Uh, and they do, he doesn't end up pulling a, a John Tavares on them, right? Uh, actually, it's funny you mentioned that because when they were asked, um, or sorry, when Rutherford was asked about, you know, what the situation is there and, you know, when we can expect to see, he said, and I, I think this was a very loaded answer. He said, you'll know by the draft. Wow. So, yeah. and, and you know what? It's sell high. Yeah, there's if a, you there's can't a keep place. him, sell high, yeah. right? And and it looks like they are trying, mm-hmm. right? They want to make it work. And I think to an extent, JT Miller wants to make it work. But I would be very surprised if these two parties can agree on money and term. Yeah, I yeah would no, it's, be it's, it's probably not happening. No. Um, but speaking of cap, uh, one guy that we are going to have to sign uh, even faster than Miller, if, if you're looking at when their contracts end, is Brock Besser. Uh, there's been a lot made of his qualifying offer of 7.2. Um, and, you know, it, it's almost a similar situation where you think, can we justify giving this player this much money, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds like negotiations have gone very, very well. Uh, Besser is willing to take a slightly lower salary, uh, meaning a number probably starting with a six. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, the give and take there is it's going to be short-term. We are looking at a two to three-year contract, and I'm thrilled with that. I think that is the smartest thing they could do. That's the best for everyone. This is very much akin to a show-me contract, right? Yes. This is the one where it's, okay, you've shown you can be good. You've shown that you can be inconsistent. Which kind of player are you? Exactly. Show me what you are. And he could come out of this with a pretty lucrative contract, Mm -hmm. either in Vancouver or maybe not. We will see. Uh, for his sake, I hope obviously he has a great next two years, and we'll see because like the rest of his career will be determined in next year. Yeah, you I, know? I I agree, I agree. He's a lot of people forget this because it was so um feels so long ago now that in that COVID season where the, no fans went to any games, Besser was arguably the best player on the team. He he led us in a lot of categories. He mm-hmm. looked deadly out there. And then this season, again, things just kind of fell off the tracks. And some people said, well, you know, his line got broken up. The coaching was bad and this and that. And he did get better as the season went on. But, you know, it, it is, like you said, it's, it's a lot of inconsistency. Mm-hmm. And we really need, you need to see a lot of consistency before you shell out almost $7 million. Yeah. Right. It'll also be interesting to see what happens this summer. You know, how much work he puts into it in the offseason. Yeah. And what kind of shape he comes back to the team in, which I think is really important too. Yeah, it's tough because it's also been well documented that he has some uh, family stuff going on right now. Uh, And uh, I hate to hear that. Yeah, exactly. That's tough on anyone. Um, But, you know, that's part of what some people have said almost makes him so great in the locker room is he's used to dealing with things, right? And you feel bad for the guy. But he's a glue in that locker room. He people have said he's the most likable guy in there. Yeah. You know? Well, you can tell, right? Yeah. Like in interviews, he's never talking about conflicts. He's always just nope. kind of a team player. You know, not causing problems, not solving problems. Just kind of exactly just goes the with glue. the flow. Yeah, just the glue. Yeah. And I think you great pun by the way. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but I I, th- I think you do need someone like that on your team. Right. And I hope that he can be that guy for us. I, I really genuinely do. I love Brock. So hopefully that all works out. Uh, the last thing on the Canucks news is the aforementioned Forsberg. Shut up. It's not thing. even Canucks news. Dude, it, 
Uh, it is when it's talked about that we're going after him. Go for it. Go for it. Go after him. You're not going to get him. Why not? <sighs> tell me what. Tell me what your news bulletin headline is, and then I'll tell you why it's stupid. Okay. Well, this is from again notable uh, Canuck reporter Rick Dollywall, and also Jeff Merrick. Um, the Canucks Ooh. may have interest in Predators winger Philip Forsberg if he hits UFA. Vancouver wants to add some more sandpaper. Uh, may look at guys like Forsberg. There's so much wrong with that. Why? Okay, first of all, may have. So it's like clearly they're just considering their options. Yeah, it's a, it's a interest. Rumor. Everyone has interest. And thirdly, sandpaper. Yeah, that's part of his game. But if you're kind of bring him in to be Milan Lucic, you got to figure out what the hell you're doing. No, I think also he's not a third liner. Like you're not adding this guy. To bolster your lineup, right? Like, this is a first-line winger. Yeah. This is a power play specialist. This is a top-tier UFA if he gets there. Could you see him on a line with Pedersen and uh, SHL Rookie of the Year <laughs> Carlson? Uh, I don't know enough about Carlson's game, but if Pedersen takes a step back and starts moving the puck more, maybe. Forsberg scores a lot of goals. He's a goal scorer. Yeah. Okay? He's... He's going to be involved in plays to help set people up, but that's not his game. Right. I think you could end up seeing a, uh, what's it called? A disparity in, in puck possession. You know what I mean? Like, okay. like it's going to be a lot of one touch plays by those guys. If they play together, I yeah. don't see that line working. No? And I think the only reason why you think it does is because they're all Swedish. Yes. Other that makes thing, it work. He's not coming to Vancouver. Like I just, could. I, 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 I mean, Here's I love him. He's, if, he's if one of my favorite out. predators of all time. Okay. Okay. If he comes to Vancouver, great. I'll get to see him more often. Mm -hmm. And he'd be on another team that I follow, which I don't hate. Right. That being said, I just, I cannot see how one of the greatest predators of all time, who's been there since he was a kid, who is widely considered to be involved in one of the most lopsided trades in NHL history. It's just like, he's such a figure in Nashville that I can't believe that this, it's gotten to this point. You can't think of another time this has happened ever in Nashville. Yeah. Well, I can, but I don't know if it, it would be the same one you're thinking. Thinking about. about Shea Weber. Yeah, when he was offer sheeted by Philadelphia. No, when he got traded to Montreal. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a little bit different, right? Because Shea Weber didn't walk in free agency, which is like what? No. Basically, what we're talking about with Forsberg, right? Mm -hmm. Also, that was, I would argue that's probably the toughest decision David Poyles ever had to make as a GM and he's been a GM in the NHL since the 70s right, right. like I, I, I think that whole trade just stunned the whole hockey world nobody saw it coming we're talking about this so I think it's a little bit different okay um but yeah if Forsberg does leave Nashville man I have no idea what Poyle is doing I think he's genuinely gone senile if he just lets the guy walk so all this conversation around him like Great, you know, it gives us stuff to talk about, but I just, I do not understand how we got to this point. Like, unless Forsberg is asking for like 11 million plus, I don't understand how we're even talking about this. I guess all I can say is that w with a guy that is, like you said, going to uh, unrestricted free agency, um, do you know off the top of your head if he had a no trade clause? No, I, I don't. Okay, well, the only thing I look at is 
does Forsberg see the Preds competing for a cup? Because he wants a cup, yeah. right? That That's no secret. Every NHL player does. He might not just be looking at, you know, where his team is and where his home is. He might be a guy who's looking at where he's going to win, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to say that Vancouver is, you know, going to win a cup or, or whatever. Yeah. But I'm saying that the trajectory they're on looks like if the Canucks do it, it could be before Nashville does. Uh, yeah. I mean, Nashville's kind and of I'm at not, the end I'm of I'm their not, window. Yeah. And then the Canucks are kind of coming up to what should be their window. Exactly. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to chirp you by saying that. I'm just yeah, no, like... I get it. Yeah. No, I get it. Right. I, I, I can see that. But like Tyler was saying last week, it's not like the Preds don't have young talent. Right? No, like, that's true. They, they have can guys. bolster their core. But they're definitely some some pieces away. Yeah. Also, one thing that I'd like to mention about the whole Forsberg thing, which I feel like is just the absolute nail in the coffin for this discussion, Philip Forsberg is one year younger than JT Miller. Yeah, that's fair. Like, what is the difference? If if your issue is JT Miller is going to top out before the, this core hits their peak, why would you get Forsberg for roughly the same amount of money? Like, Obviously, yeah, they're going to be on a little par. Bit less, but it's going to be about the same. Yeah. Like this whole conversation with Philip Forsberg, it needs to be shut down because it's just, in my opinion, it's people who are just looking for stories that don't have all the facts. Now, I could be dead wrong, and July 1st, we could find out Philip Forsberg's packing his bags and heading to Vancouver, but I think you know as well as I know that's not happening. Jury's out, I'll say. Could happen. Right. Might not. Might not. It could. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it would be pretty goofy if he did, though. Would it? What a goof! That's right. Welcome to my segment. This is the biggest goof of the week. This is the part of the show where I go and I find a story in the sports world that involves a person, player, coach, team, organization, whatever, what have you. I bring it up with the guys and we have a little chat about it. You've gotten really and good at this that, week, by the thank way. Thank you. You have one of the longest <laughs> intros of any of us. And you're like, you, you don't look at a piece of paper. You don't, like, you've just got it. <laughs> Do you remember, though, for like the first eight months, I just yeah. did something different every single time? I'm, I like, I can see you, like, before you go to bed every night, you're looking in the mirror in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, just Memorize. Okay, everybody, this is my segment where I talk about a person, place, coach, whatever, what have you. Yeah. <laughs> just dead eye contact yeah. the whole time. Also, like it just kind of like it just kind of came together one day. Yeah. That whole spiel, it just kind of yeah. got whittled down to what it is now. And it's great. It's locked Thank in you. place and I love it. Thank you. That's I'm proud perfect. of it. <laughs> anyway, so as I was saying, the biggest goof of the week this week is a baseball team. Hmm. The Cincinnati Reds. Who somehow managed to lose a baseball game, one nothing, where w- listen, where the Pittsburgh Penguins had no hits. The Cincinnati Reds threw a no hitter and lost the game to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Sorry, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah. I was gonna say, wait, this caught way goofier yeah. than I thought it was going to. Yeah. It's funny. I was talking about this goof <laughs> earlier, and I and I said the Penguins then too. I just the Pirates are not, not a real team. Anyway, no, yeah, That's they funny. lost a baseball game to the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Pirates didn't get a hit the entire game. Yeah. Wait. So the. Wait, if they didn't get a hit, so the one run that they got was because the pitcher walked four guys in a row? I think it was three and then a fly out, but still, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Because just, just so everyone's clear, in baseball, a hit is only registered. I'm sure there are some nuances because baseball's stupid, but yeah. basically a hit is only registered if a player hits the ball and gets on base, right? Like yeah. those two things kind of have to happen in sequence in order for it to be registered as a hit. Right. Like I said, there's some other things, right? Like obviously home runs are hits and other things too. Yeah. But there's errors, uh, walks, 
and hit by pitch. If you've never watched baseball before, you you <laughs> strap in. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so there's there's ways to get on base too. And basically, this team managed to get enough guys on base that they scored a run without ever registering a hit the entire game. That's crazy. Yeah. This is like the fourth time it's ever happened in baseball, but like the first time in the last two decades or something. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know, right? Like how pathetic of a team do you have to be? To lose a game to a team that never hit the... That's like having zero shots in a hockey game and still winning. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like putting the puck in your own net. It's unbelievable. Oh, man. You know what? I'm, I'm sorry to bring it back to the Canucks because I know we, we talk about them the whole beginning of the show. That reminds me of a weird stat that Ryan Miller has. He has registered a win and a shutout in a game the Canucks won 2-1. to one. In a game, he started and played the whole game. And he registered a shutout. Was it an overtime win? Nope. Was it? Okay, let me have a guess. I'm sure I'm probably wrong, but I want to guess. Okay, you did, might be right. Okay, did they have a delayed penalty where they pulled him to the bench and then they accidentally put it in their own net? Yes. <laughs> what idiots. Do you want to guess who that player was? Louis Erickson. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to guess when he did that? His first game? His first First That's what it game was, eh? as a Canuck. Okay. Do you want to guess who was sitting in the stadium watching that game from section 314, <laughs> pulling hair out of his head that he now has to have a hat on all the time? <laughs> that would be me. The Marcus Keller. Yeah, that was me. Wow. Yeah, I was... <sighs> what, what was the reaction like in the building? What was the energy like in the building when it that was happened? It was almost like... It's so funny looking back on now. It was almost like... Oh, that's too bad. You know, he's such a good player. That's obviously a crazy one-off <laughs> yeah. thing that happened at the worst possible time. Yeah. And then for six years, we went, wait, no, that's just him. That's five years. Right, five years. And then Arizona <laughs> got the next one. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was that was wild. But same idea, though. Yeah. And there was a big debate after was, well, did he get a shutout? Because technically, because he was on the bench, it didn't affect the save percentage. Yeah. And he didn't let in another goal. And there was something there too. Like it was, I think that was the first time in NHL history that it had happened that the other team had scored an own goal while the goalie was on the bench. And it was the only goal that they surrendered in that game. Yeah. So th there was some big so thing he got about a that. shutout despite yeah, the fact well, I've, that I've seen goalies get shutouts when they lose in a shootout, right? Like if, yeah. if they lose one nothing in a shootout, yeah. the goalie still registers a shutout. This was in the first period. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no, it was just nuts. Yeah. And then even, and I'll give it this too, later in that game, the Sedins and Erickson, because they were aligned for the first yeah. little while, yeah. actually had one of the craziest shifts I've ever seen, where it, it started as a power play, didn't end as one. They had the puck for like two and a half minutes, yeah. and they did end up scoring with like minutes left to tie it. Cool. And then we won it in overtime. That was against Phoenix, right? Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was just a crazy, <laughs> crazy game. Yeah. But, like, it was, yeah, it's just funny that that happened. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it really set the stage for the next few years, though, for him. 2016. Yep. Feels like a lifetime ago. Yep. I still remember Good Branson, too, going head first into the net because he was, he, like, he threw everything he had into it <laughs> trying to get back and stop the puck. Yeah. And he, oh, man, he almost put the net through the Zamboni <laughs> doors out the back. Yeah, I bet. <laughs>
<laughs> that guy's yeah. not exactly light on his feet. No. Dude, it was so funny. I was watching Game 7 the other day. And I remember he's... Of which teams? Of uh, Calgary oh, and right, Dallas. Oh, right. Of course. And, dude, I watched him step into a shot, right? He, there was no one around him for, like, two stick lengths. Yeah. Like, he had time. And he stepped into his shot. And he hammered it as hard as he could. Went 10 feet wider than that. <laughs> like, just hammered it off the glass. And I'm like, Jesus. damn. Like, the, you know, that that was me at a point in my life, too. Yeah. But I wasn't in the NHL. Yeah. You know? Like, it's just crazy. He actually, like, his shot didn't used to be that bad. And that's the thing, is his shot is incredibly hard. It's just not accurate at all. <laughs> yeah, man, like... I used to say, though, I wish that he would have been on our second unit power play. Like, he's not your first option, oh, but he... No, 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 here's the thing. He's someone that the two times out of ten that he hits the net, the goalie isn't smothering that puck. It is bouncing, and it's going to be loose somewhere yeah, in yeah, front. Of course, yeah. I always said that they should have used him somewhere there, and they never ended up doing it. But I love talking like about Eric Branson. Yeah. <laughs> Why think, does he come up this okay, much? You know what? I think oddly, I have a memory. I think he is what instigated the goof of the week. For is some really? reason, I feel like the first goof of the week or the first time we talked about something like that, That's I feel like funny. it was Eric Branson. We'll have to we'll have to really go back yeah, on that one. Yeah, because we yeah, didn't start it, it right away. Right. It was like a couple episodes in. Yeah. Well, I remember like in episode two, by the end of it, we were like. Why did we talk about Erica Branson and Ben Hutton that much? <laughs> yeah. like it was, no, that might have even been episode one. <laughs> yeah, they came up a lot. Yeah. It, anyway, it there you go. The biggest goof of the week, a baseball uh, game that uh, right. team lost despite never hitting the ball once. Right. That sucks not having Tyler to like reel me back in when I start talking about the Canucks yeah. for no reason. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. We'll, we'll get his input on uh, the goof of the week in the second half. Sure, we can ask him again. Yeah, yeah, why not? Okay, sure. All right, moving into some NHL news. Uh, Peter DeBoer, uh, head coach, former head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, mm. has been fired. And I have to admit, this is the second time they've fired a coach that has surprised me that they fired him. Really? Yeah. Did, did you see Gallant getting fired? No, I, I don't think anyone saw that coming. No. But with DeBoer, I'm not really that surprised. For me, DeBoer has just never really been a great coach in the NHL. He doesn't really have that much to, you know, give like shock and awe. Like he's just kind of a guy who's been coaching for a while. He's coached good teams, but always underwhelmed with them. Um, yeah, I guess that's somewhat true, right? I guess I'm just I'm I'm surprised at how quickly they made that decision. You know, they didn't really seem to take much time in the summer. They didn't even really kind of give him what, what's almost become a standard now is they let him come back for the first however long at the beginning of the season. And then if it's still not working out, then they can. Yeah. But when it comes to coaches, like, would you rather be uh, fired first or last? Right? Like you probably want to be fired before the other coaches so that you can apply for those jobs. Yeah, that's true. Rather than being fired a month into the season. And then, you know, all the coaching positions are, are filled for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mean, you, you got a point there. And I mean, I have a bad habit of trusting coaches too much, you know, and it's, I think, a little bit because everything you're taught when you grow up is coach knows best, right? You're, you're just always kind of told that. Like, is that not the, the plot of most sports movies? Is there's always the yeah. young kid who, like, thinks he knows everything and he's the best on the team, whatever, but the coach needs to teach him how to be a team player and, you yeah. know, do, do all those things. Yeah. And it always ends up being, oh, the coach was right all along and he should have yeah. listened to him. So, I, like, I have a tough time getting out of that but some sometimes you got to think yeah you know it, it this isn't the coach's right this is they, they need a change the the coach doesn't fit 
Yeah, also the game evolves so much and so quickly, right? Like, yeah. think about Mike Babcock, right? He was yeah. considered the best coach, bar none, in the NHL yeah. for a long time. And then, like, that, he's gone. So, yeah. things change, right? Coaches come in, coaches come out. Um, there are some coaches that are still coaching that should be fired. John Hines! Um, and there's a lot of other coaches. Yeah, you never that, know. John Hines could get co- uh, fired very soon. Who knows? Or he could get re-signed to a multi-year deal. Which is the fucking rumor right now. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm going to have an aneurysm, man. My God, this fucking team. Still can't think of any reason Forsberg might want out. <sighs> Let's move on. Okay. Uh, okay, we'll go to another coach who got fired then, unlike John Hines. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, my pick for the Jack Adam Awards at the beginning of the season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, those predictions are not looking hot anymore. Yeah, we did a rough job. It'll be really yeah. interesting to see who wins those awards. Because I feel like, you know, some of us could be pretty bang on, but... I feel like uh, Barry Trotz probably isn't winning the Jack Adams. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. Seeing as his team finished bottom 10 and he got fired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in a t- I also said that they were, at the beginning of the season, that they were my sleeper pick to win the cup. Yeah. That was before the season started. But do you remember my rebuttal? I said, sleeper, they made it to the Western yeah. Conference Yeah, you were like, they final. shouldn't even be a sleeper. They yeah. should be a lock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were all a little... That's funny to think that that was like eight months ago. Yeah. You know? We How young these... and immature we were. <laughs> yes. Who was the kid from Anaheim again that you had? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Mason McTavish. McTavish, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, oh man. But I, we, all of ours were bad, right? Yeah. Mine was Caulfield who got sent down. Yeah. Uh not for long, but still. Yeah. He had he probably had the, he definitely had the best season in the NHL out of the three of our picks with Tyler's being Spencer Knight. Right. Well, you could argue Spe- well. He was a backup. Uh, yeah, he, he didn't play that games, much. But when right? he did play, he wasn't bad though. Bobrovsky yeah, just fine. outplayed him. Yeah. He was fine, right? He didn't blow the roof yeah. off anywhere he went. I'm interested to see if well, it's hard for a goalie to blow a roof off, but uh, I disagree entirely. Think about Jake Ottinger. Yeah, that's true. Okay, but that's still like a very special event. That's not like a, you know, oh yeah, he could win the Calder. That's like a, you know, yeah. that was a crazy couple games that he played. Sure. Um. Anyway, Trot has been fired by the Islanders, and according to some rumors we've seen, will be applying. For, or sorry, we'll be interviewing for the Philadelphia head coaching job, which has just opened up. Yeah, who knows? As you guys know, we record these episodes on Wednesdays, so we may know by the time this episode goes live yeah. uh, where Barry Trotz will be coaching next year. The other one that I've heard, which I am just begging to God it doesn't happen, is the Winnipeg Jets are interviewing Barry Trotz. Right. I love Barry Trotz because he head coached in Nashville for like 15 years. I hate the Jets. Right. If he goes there and coaches, I, I I don't know what to I don't know what to do. Right. They keep hiring coaches I like. Here's what I've got to ask you because I, I feel like this is a bit different for everyone, and, and it's something we've never really gone into. You hate the Jets, like the team. Yes. Will that change over time with roster changes? Because just this brings it up for me because you're saying someone you love might go to a team that you hate. Yeah. You hate the Winnipeg Jets specifically because they were. They had a really good rivalry with the Preds, which yes. is your team. So once there's enough turnover and there's, mm. you know, no guys left from that era, will you still hate them? I think we'll see. Time will tell. How do okay. you feel about the Boston Bruins? See, here's the thing is I would honestly 
think that my answer would be different depending on who they had, right? Mm -hmm. Looking back at the 2011 run, they have Bergeron, Bergeron and, who might not even be there next year, right? and Martian. Right. So here's my thing. The only guy they still have is the biggest reason I hated them. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah. like, if, it, if this was the other way around, if it was, like, you know, um, to fucking, you know, <laughs> like, Bergeron and trying to think of, like, another guy that I didn't hate on that team. Mark Recchi. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> if it was them, I mean, put it this way. Bergeron, I never really disliked him. You know, I didn't like that he was good and he was playing against us, but I never had anything against him, you know? I just, uh, so I, I don't know how I would have felt. But that that's kind of why I bring it up, is like the only team I truly, truly hate in the NHL is the Leafs, and it really doesn't yeah, have much yeah. to do with the players on the ice, right? Yeah. It's more the the atmosphere around them. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's For, for me, it's kind of twofold. One, it's obviously the players on the team. Yeah. The, the the rivalry, right? I don't hate the I don't hate any NHL team. I love every NHL team. I love the sport. I love the league. Yeah. Right. But it's but fun. Made, it's fun to hate a team. For sure. And right? Like you think Tyler hates the wild? How how can you hate the wild? They don't yeah. do anything. So it's <laughs> That's like why he hates them. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, yeah, you know, if they're just the team I hate. Also, you know, there's guys at work that are, you know, from Winnipeg and they're fans of the Jets. So it's like, you know, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, you know, it's fun. Yeah, it's exactly. fine. I, I get it. But okay, I, I just wanted to see that because if Trotz does go there, I'd be interested to see. So, sorry, if Trotz goes there and Shifley leaves, which it also looks like could happen, I'd be interested to see uh, if your mindset changes at all, if even a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll keep you up to date on that, but I I'm sure you. I will. don't see it happening. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, well, speaking of teams that hate each other, the Battle of Alberta is going on, which everyone's excited about. We'll get into that a lot more in the second yeah. half. But I wanted to bring up one very interesting storyline that I found. Okay. Um, so the mayors and council members of uh, Calgary and Edmonton have made yeah. a uh, not-so-friendly wager, the more I think really? about it. Okay. Well, I mean, it's... It's friendly, like it's not violent. But okay. like, it's, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna invade your city. It's, it's pretty uh, sacrilegious. What what's oh. the losers gonna have to do? Okay. So the council members. So once the series is decided, mm -hmm. the council members of the losing team must attend their next council of chambers meeting in jerseys of the other team, mm -hmm. and the mayor not only has to do that, he has to go in full face paint. Whoa! Wow, that's yeah. that's fun. That's I don't hate that. Uh, like, okay, I don't as an outsider who gets to watch one of them look like an idiot. Yeah, but man, to be yeah, that's tough. That's a huge wager. You're the leader of that city. Like, right? I would argue, yeah, like that's that's like election. Yeah. Like deciding shit right there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know, but well, I don't know. I would if hope if not. the mayor of Vancouver shows up to a meeting in a Leafs jersey, I'm not voting for him. Are you kidding me? <laughs> okay, I don't think you've ever voted for a Vancouver mayor. Have I haven't. You? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> never voted for any mayor. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, but but seriously, that's just like that's that's a pretty serious wager, in my opinion. Yeah. I think that's kind of. A I big mean, deal. it's all in good fun. Who knows, right? But yeah. Yeah, that's funny. That would be tough. Like we we make a lot of content and jokes and stuff like on our TikTok at Vancouver Boys Podcast and like where we like dress up in tons of different jerseys and teams and stuff. 
it has become a running joke that when there's a portion where I someone has to wear a Leafs jersey and that someone is me, we we body swap me for someone <laughs> else. Like I I I don't do it. You know, it's a very very rare occasion. Almost almost just doesn't happen, but. It's happened once or twice. It, it happened once, and it was because someone donated like $45 <laughs> yeah. for me to wear it for 10 minutes. Yeah, that's Okay, right. fine. And I, I resisted. You remember that. <laughs> yeah. You guys basically said, yeah. no, you do this yeah, or you're right. out. Yeah, it, was, it was a sub goal of like 45 bucks, and they yeah. hit it like that. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, to this day, we've made like $47. <laughs> yeah. 45 of them were for that. Yeah. Anyway. All right, well, I think on that note, we should throw it to break because I don't sure. want to talk about me wearing a Leafs jersey anymore. All righty. Uh, we'll see you on the other side then, right after another word from our fake sponsor. <laughs> this week's episode of the Vancouver Boys podcast is brought to you by the Cybertruck's Deadline. Much like Jake Ottinger, no matter how much they try, they just couldn't get it done. The Cybertruck, still reaching consumers in two years' time. We'll be right back. With Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. That's her name, don't wear it out. Man, we gotta sign this guy to a 6x6. Six six. Tampa Bay was $18 million over the salary cap. UC Soros is the best goalie in the NHL. Welcome back from the break, everybody. Uh, as promised earlier in the episode, we were going to be joined by your everyone's favorite host, Tyler Erlinson, and he has joined the podcast. How's it going, Tyler? I am wonderful. Did you guys miss me or what? Yeah, like crazy. But more than anything, <laughs> we missed the weather report. Tyler, oh where are you? And more I importantly, what's the weather like in Ladysmith? Raining. Lots of rain. Nice. And it's going to rain. Yeah. <laughs> and rain and rain and rain. Yeah, man, that's not too much different from here. It has been nonstop pouring for weeks. Yeah. It's about time we get our decent weather in the spring back, but whatever. Yeah. Been kind of a crappy May. We like broke records for how cold it's been this May. Yeah, and April. I feel like it never was sunny all April. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway, good to have you back, Tyler. Yeah. Um, the Vancouver Boys are together again. Yes, <laughs> at last. <laughs> this no. is officially the Vancouver Boys podcast now. Yes. Before it was just it was just two Jake guys, and Marcus. Yep, just sitting in a room. Having some good old fat. You know what? We did get a little out of control with the Canucks and Preds news, too. <laughs> we, we really need Tyler yeah. to reel us in when we do that. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I missed the Preds news. So. <laughs> oh, well, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get back into that. Yeah. I guarantee we'll get back into that. Um, let's get into some stuff we haven't talked about yet, like this week's elimination report. Wrong button. There, there you go. Yeah, the elimination report. For all those loser teams that got eliminated from the playoffs. I'm thinking of one team in particular. Yeah, at least they made the playoffs. All right, let's get into it. Uh, where should we start? Let's start in the West. There's only three there. Okay, that's a good point. That's that's a good point because one of them was already eliminated right. somehow before we recorded the last episode. <sighs> <laughs> um. So in the West, you know what? 
Let's start off. Holy with the cow. M- let's just get started here. Okay. All right. <laughs> let's start off with the Minnesota Wild. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, Minnesota played a six-game series against the St. Louis Blues and uh, were eventually taken out. Yes, sir. Um, St. Louis was the higher seed. They were kind of the favorite to win. But we're not focusing on St. Louis. We're talking about Minnesota. What went wrong for them, and is it acceptable that it went wrong? What went right for that team? They are a one-man team around Kirill Kaprasov. I still took the Blues to six games. <clears throat> Very true. But, I mean, the Wild should have won the goaltending battle. They should have won the defensive battle, especially with Tory Crew going out right away, Nick Letty getting hurt right away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, Nick Letty is nothing to brag about anymore. This isn't hey, 2011. Nick Letty is still a solid player. Dude, come on. Even you know that's not true. He is a top four defenseman on most teams. Is that really something to brag about, though? Like, You put know. him on any team, he'd be, he'd be a top four defenseman in Nashville. Yeah, probably. But still, it's just like a depth guy, right? There's yeah, literally one player. There's literally one guy on the Canucks that I could say would be a top four defenseman anywhere else in the league. There's one. No, T- Tucker Pullman is like what? OEL four. is a top four defenseman anywhere else. I, yeah, I don't know about that. I think the, the problem is, is they're all the number four in the top four. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, okay. Yeah, there's no top two. There's just all top four. Right. Yeah. Anyway, sorry to cut you off, Tyler. Where were you going with that? Pretty much going along with the Wild had the pieces to win. Aside from their offense, they were a one man show with Kirill Kaprasov. And other players didn't chip in. Like, it was Marcus Foligno, kind of invisible. Zuccarello, invisible. Hartman, terrible. I don't know. And for me, it's just I think that, like, the expectation was a little bit too high on some of those guys. Because Hartman had, obviously, a fantastic year for himself. Um, But, like, he's never been a goal scorer, right? Like, he's a third, fourth-line guy. He's not a... You can't depend on him. Um, but the thing with the Wild that, like, obviously I've been saying all year, for one, let me, let me get this out of the way first. This is such a disappointment for that team, right? Like, they had a phenomenal season for their standards. Coming into the playoffs, I'm sure they thought they were going to go further. But, like, these these two, three matchups, man, it's like it sucks because you, you are going to see a good team that should go deep in the playoffs knocked out in the first round. Yeah. Like, that's just the way it is in all of the two, three first-round matchups. Um but like Tyler said, like the goaltending is what really let them down, right? Like Flurry didn't even start in Game Six; it was Talbot, right? You know, but you know anyone could have told a lot you of good this from that a mile day. away, right? Like anyone could have told you from a mile away, Minnesota's goaltending wasn't good enough. I don't know. Again, I, I still think you guys are a bit too hard on Flurry, but like I, I realize he didn't play Game Six, but they lost Game Six. Marcus like, I, he, Tyler had Flurry as his number one goalie in the league, like. <laughs> Right. He's not hard on him. Okay. I got nothing wrong with Flurry. Okay. <laughs> I, I think Flurry didn't play terrible. I think he played very average, you know, but average isn't good enough in the playoffs. It just isn't. All right. Well, that being said, let's give our friends in Minnesota a letter grade on what, what they. I don't know about that. Yeah, th- think about it for half a second. And, and especially because they played St. Louis. Tyler, I think you should be the one to give them the letter grade. I will give St. Louis. No, 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 no. <laughs> this guy refuses to talk about the wild in any positive light. I will give the wild a C. They looked okay. They still have young pieces. 
the Kaprasov signing looks like a good signing. You got to remember, Tyler, this grade is for their season, right? Not for their team, not for their future. It's just this season. Yeah, and I, I think they finished right around where they should have finished. Yeah, that's quite I, true. You think that they should have been knocked out in the first round? That's Well, no, that's why I'm giving them a C. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm thinking, like, I had, I, I personally, I thought they would do better. But obviously, yeah. they ran into St. Louis. And I'm not going to give them an A because it wasn't a perfect season. I'm also not going to give them an F because it wasn't a failure of a season. They made the postseason. Everyone pegged them to go a little farther than they did. Yeah. They got bounced in the first round. That's why they're getting a C. Yeah, fair enough. I, I can't disagree with that at all. Um, but we were talking about goaltenders and maybe Flurry not living up to expectations. You know who surpassed them? Jake Ottinger of the Dallas Stars. Yes. What a performance mm-hmm. in, in a loss, in what was an eventual loss. Uh, but still, so the Dallas Stars were eliminated in Game 7 overtime versus the Calgary Flames mm-hmm. in dramatic fashion. But Jake Ottinger was really the story of that series. Yeah, yeah especially like in that series... Of course, Calgary looked like the better team, but not by a landslide, you know? Like, I remember watching that game, and, like, the first half of overtime, Dallas had momentum, Yeah, you know? It wasn't really until the Sagan penalty where the momentum kind of shifted, and then, obviously, the goal was scored after that. But, like, that game was not... Like, if I was a Calgary fan, that that would have had me sweating. You know what I mean? for sure. Like, that was close. But, yeah, Jake Ottinger, what a performance. I just really hope it isn't a one-and-done kind of thing kind of like Murray and, and uh, Bennington had been in the past, that he can pivot this into a really awesome career for himself. Well, Murray was more of a two and done, but... <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. But you get you get the analogy, right? Like, no, absolutely. There are a ton of goalies that have really good playoff runs and then just like can't m- have any kind of longevity to their career. Yeah. Because they Look just, at Bennington. Yeah. Well, he's weird though, right? Because like he lost the crease to Villiuso and then it looks like he may have it back, but we don't know for how long or how consistent he's going to be. So it's, yeah, he may not have been the best example, but all I'm saying is like, it just seems like there are these goalies that can have success in the playoffs. You know, look at in Dallas, Anton Kudobin, right? Had that awesome run in 2020. What has he done since? Yeah. So granted, there's some extenuating circumstances there as well, but like. Well, the the big one that that, um, we've talked about is Thatcher Demko, right? Demko had a very um, similar thing happen where he was the backup he was due to Markstrom getting injured. He was thrown into the playoffs. And again, we talked about earlier, finished with a 9-8-9 save percentage in the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? And even this year, I would argue he was a top, at least top seven goalie in the league. Uh, anyway, as far as Dallas's expectations and, you know, it, it's tough. Based on this season, I think I would give them a B. If we are looking exclusively at this season, I would give them a B. Because I don't think a lot of people really saw them in the playoffs. And they pushed the top seed right to the brink. I mean, overtime game seven, it doesn't get closer than that. Uh, the, the thing for me is I just, I don't like where Dallas is going. Because to me, they just don't have enough to build around. But they're also, their older guys are depreciating quickly in value. And I don't see them offloading them anytime soon. So I, I don't like where they're going. But if I'm rating just this season... I think I'd have to give them a B. Uh, next up would be the Los Angeles Kings. This is the last team in the West. Uh, Kings came in again as a lower seed playing the Oilers. Uh, I did predict the Oilers would win, but man, again, LA made this a lot closer than I thought it would be. 
Yeah, I mean, especially with the Kings not having Doughty and nobody knowing who was going to start in net for the Kings, I thought they were going to get swept. But uh, no, they they played well. Adrian Kempe had a really good playoffs, and uh, there's definitely some bright spots to that Kings team. Yeah, to be honest though, like I think the reason why that series went longer than it maybe would have if had they played someone else is that Edmonton just they suck in the playoffs, right? Like, yeah. Who knows? Maybe they could surprise us and win this Calgary series, which obviously that first game, holy shit. Yeah. But um, yeah. Hey, if th- they score six goals every game, maybe they will. Yeah, but uh, but they still lost. Yeah, right. Like they're just such a weird team. You know, McDavid clearly dragged them out of that first round. He had mm-hmm. what? He has like some stupid like eighteen points in in eight games. It's just like yeah, clearly you know he's gonna win them around every time they're in the playoffs, or at least try to, and. uh this LA obviously couldn't keep up. Also, LA never should have been in the playoffs in the first position, right? No. Like I was, I've been saying, it should have been the Canucks, but because of that slow start, they didn't get there. So LA was playing with house money, and uh, for that reason, I feel like you know you can't really, you can't really fault them. And uh, I think they deserve an A. It was an A season, you know. They're for ahead sure. of schedule in the rebuild, and mm-hmm. so I think they deserve an A. Yeah, I'd give them that easily. Yeah. Uh, let's move over to the East then. Uh, the Florida Panthers, the one seed, took out the Washington Capitals. Uh, I think we mostly saw this coming. Honestly, I thought Florida was going to have an easier time with that series. Uh, they definitely scared me at times going down multiple goals almost every game. But I don't know. This uh, this Washington team, they played hard. They battled. They were gritty. But they just they didn't have what it takes. And if they did sneak out of the first round, they were going to get torched in the second yeah, dude, you're you're totally right. Um, just Washington's falling apart slowly, right? They're they're eventually going to fade away, and they're going to have to do a rebuild. Um, but and the only reason why, in my opinion, they got anything out of that first round is just because Florida's not a playoff team, right? Like I and to be honest, I didn't see that until this series against Tampa Bay, where they've lost the first two two games and and a little bit in the last season or series, not during the regular season. During the regular season, I was with everyone else. I thought they were going to have success in the playoffs. Um, I didn't think they were going to go all the way, as my bracket shows. But, like, they're just, they're not a playoff team. And they have an interim head coach leading the team, right? So, I think, for me, Washington's little bit of success in the playoffs had more to do with Florida not being prepared um, as it did with Washington actually having a good series. So, I I don't know. I think there's a little bit of conflict there. I can see that. For me. I mean, Washington to me is they're not in a great position, like moving forward. Uh, But that being said, it's also a very acceptable position to be in, right? I mean, they won the cup a few years ago, right? This is what happens after you win the cup is the guys that you build around deteriorate, right? You typically don't have a huge prospect pool because you've traded a lot of those prospects to build that cup winning roster. Uh, So they're in a tough spot, but... Again, it's not one that I can really fault them for. It, it's part of the the circle of life for a hockey team. Yeah. So if I'm giving this team a grade, I'm I'm going somewhere along the lines of a B minus. There was a lot of players on that team that had really good seasons. The team played well. They made the playoffs, but their future looks horrible. But for the season, I can I can give it a B minus. What do you think about uh, Mantha? I like Mantha, but I don't think it was worth getting rid of Verona. For me, it's like a lateral move, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Veranda's just young, faster. It'll it'll be interesting to see how Veranda pans out. For me, the big thing is, like, I, I don't think I could name one Washington Capitals prospect. Like, I, I really can't think of one right now. 
Is Lucas Johansson still in their prospect system, Tyler? Do you know? I honestly couldn't tell you. Yeah. He's like 24 now, so he's probably out. But I remember he was drafted in like 2015, 2016. He's Ryan Johansson's younger brother. Ah, that's why you know who he is. Yeah. Okay. And so he, but he was drafted by the Caps. He was in their prospect system for a while, but. Mm. You know, I'd, I'd be surprised if he's still there because he hasn't even cracked. He, he played in some preseason games, but I don't think he cracked the lineup. I, I played some three-on-three with him. Oh, yeah? And uh, at eight ranks, he came, or not, or at Excellent Ice, he came out for our team one time. Oh, cool. Doesn't sound like an NHL prospect to me. Actually, no. that reminds me of something. Can I, go off, player. can I go off on a small tangent? Yeah. So I actually found out um, last weekend that Connor Bedard and Kent Johnson are currently playing in a spring league inline or playing in a spring league inline league uh, and in the lower mainland. I won't tell exactly where, okay. but apparently like people have like big crowds have been forming well, to yeah. go. Yeah. To go watch these guys play. That's cool. I'd yeah. actually love to check that out one time. Yeah. That so could be fun, you know, I won't, I'll make it a little bit of, you got to do your digging, but I'm sure it won't be too hard to find. But yeah, apparently those guys go out and they play every weekend or whatever. And there's like huge crowds that go out and watch them. That's cool. Yeah. Right. Anyway. All right. Who's the next team? Uh, next up, let's go over the Boston-Carolina series. So, Carolina was the team eliminated. Again, went to seven games. Uh, Bo- or so- Sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's okay. Just yeah. keep going. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go to Boston-Carolina. Um, Carolina did get the better of Boston. Again, this is another series that went to seven games. Um, so I guess we're we're just gonna rate the Bruins' epic collapse that they had, which again, I this is my second most favorite one to talk about today. Yeah, yeah the, honestly, like it was the home team series, right? The home team won every game. Yeah, which uh, I love, by the way. I yeah, love seeing cool. that. Yeah. Um, in this series, I think a lot of people thought that Carolina wasn't going to be able to to defend well because obviously. Uh, Anderson's been injured, mm-hmm. uh, but you know Carolina's just such a good team, man. Like forwards, defense, they're just such a solid team. And uh, obviously they have a question mark in goal, but that'll at least get them through one round. But for me, the big thing I want to talk about here is now that Boston's season's over, they don't. They're to me they're similar to Washington, where it's just kind of like their big pieces are all kind of aging. Does yeah. Bergeron come back? Like that? That's yeah, what I want to know. Big question. Honestly, I don't think he does. Really? Yep. I think Bergeron's NHL career is not done, but I don't think he's coming back to Boston. Okay, well then the question begs to be answered: Where? Where is he going? Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh my god, he would never. <laughs> what? Okay, that would be insane. He, I mean, he would get I, a hero's welcome, but like oh, that would sure. be insane. What would they have to ship out to get him though? He's a free agent. Oh yeah, that's well, but no, to make room for him, Tavares. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it'd probably just be the one. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, right. Well, that's a problem for Kyle Dubas, as well as a bunch yeah. of other things, yeah, actually. Steve Dangle. But, yeah, that's for, that's for Steve Dangle to emotionally negotiate. <laughs> With himself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, that guy must need a lot of therapy. We'll get to yeah. that later. We'll yeah. get to anyway, that Anyway, back back to Boston and their season. Right. Um, so I agree with you. They're, they're, they're in a tough spot because they have a lot of guys that are still really, really good. But I don't know if they will be good enough for Boston to have time to rebuild a cup contender while those players are still in their prime. Yeah. You know, uh, th- that's the thing is I think they're in a unique position because they have, you know, they have guys like McAvoy, they have Pasternak, they have Marshan. These are some of the best players in their positions in the league. 
mm-hmm. right? But as you said, they're not surrounded by anything anymore. And it's really, what do you do when you have players that high caliber that are worth that much? Mm-hmm. But but you cannot, in all seriousness, build a contender around them before they've started to age out. Yeah, they're kind of starting to look like the Chicago Blackhawks of 2016, 2017, right? Yeah. Where they were still good, but, like, you could tell they're getting yeah. close, right? Like, Seabrook's getting a little bit older, you know? Yeah. Duncan Keith's getting a little bit older. And now they're kind of starting to, to dive back down again. Yeah. And honestly, Boston fans, like, yes, they won the cup against Vancouver in 2011. They were one of the best teams in the league for about a decade, but just couldn't get it done any more than that, right? Yeah. If I'm then, it's it's rebuild time, but I realize that they're not going to do that. Uh, as for a letter grade for the season, though, I think I'd have to give them a C plus. You know, I, I think this is just the epitome of they did about what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. You know, they... They played hard. They went to seven in the first round. No one thought these guys were winning the cup anymore. You know, they're not good enough. They don't have the goaltending anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they just, they finished exactly where you'd think they would, which was a first or second round knockout. Yep. So that, that's about it for me. Uh, second to last one here, we have the New York Rangers knocking out the Pittsburgh Penguins. Talk about what, what we were just saying, just mm-hmm. dynasties that are just crumbling. Uh, no better example than this, in my opinion. So, uh, how about that Smith take? Yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> if uh, I don't know if Deming's winning the con Smythe yeah. anymore. It's not <laughs> aging very well at all, is it? No. Gensel looked really good. He he looked like he was the Igor killer, but as soon as Crosby went down, that, that series was over. The Rangers are young. For some reason, they kept coming back in every game. Pittsburgh just couldn't close out and. That's the reason why they lost that series. Yeah, Shesterkin kind of found his game again, right? Yeah. Uh, the forwards finally picked it up. I think we talked about that that series quite a bit. Um, for me, though, like a couple of lucky bounces here and there, and the series could have went the other way. I kind of feel bad for Pittsburgh. You know, they had that 3-1 series lead, and then they squandered it. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, no one wants to see them win anyway. <laughs> no. But you Pittsburgh fans don't even really want to see them win all that bad. I mean, that's just it, is, you know, they've they've had their time. Yeah. Right. They had three cups in six years, similar to the, um, yeah. including back to back ones. Yeah, exactly. No, they're, um, they, they've, they've been a great team. The GMs who built that team should be proud. Uh, but again, and now it's they just, should do it again. It, exactly. <laughs> they, well, they, they need to accept that this one's over though. Yeah. Right. Sell it for parts, get in the prospects, get in the picks and, and do what you can do to rebuild. Yeah. They haven't been, at the top of the, the the pile in terms of cup contenders for five years. Yeah, and, and they're not getting back with the with the players they have, especially you know. considering the fact that a lot of them are up for contracts. Yeah, no, we've been seeing lots of rumors about how they've been lowballing Malkin and some of the other players, and apparently Crosby's not taking well to that. It's just like I, I think there's there's big changes coming in Pittsburgh. It wouldn't surprise me if the Pittsburgh Penguins actually are the team out of this that realizes, okay, it's time. And it's kind of a forced thing, right? Uh, if Malkin is going to be demanding money, if some of the other guys that are up for contracts are demanding money, and P- Pittsburgh, it sounds like they are smart enough to to look at their players and say, yeah, we're sorry, we can't pay you that now. You know, yeah, Our time is done. We need to get to the bottom. We need to rebuild fast, and we want to get back here. Right. That's uh, that would be my goal was be how fast can you rebuild this team and see if you can do it with Crosby still being there, you know. But anyway, I, I would think that this would be the team 
that is going to do what all these other teams we've been talking about should do, which is admit it's over, tear it apart, and rebuild it. Honestly, I'm going to give this team a B. I think they had a little bit of a better season than people were anticipating. Tristan Jari looked amazing until he got hurt. Like you guys said, their future is probably a, a rebuild fairly soon, but they do have some some nice pieces like Gensel and, and Jari to build around. But for the season, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with a B. All right, and that brings us to the last part of the elimination report. The Tampa Bay Lightning in seven games knocking out the Toronto Maple Leafs. Interesting that you left this one for last. Yeah, I wanted to make sure we had a lot of time for it. Um, <laughs> wow. I, I'm, I, I saw it coming from a mile away. Mm-hmm. So did a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. And it, it, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm almost at the point where I feel bad for them. Yeah. You know, like I hate a lot of Leafs fans, but man, this is a different kind of torture. I think the thing with this year is like in years past, the writing's almost been on the wall because you can tell they're just kind of like defeating themselves and then all of a sudden they lose and it's all right. But this year it's different because like going into game seven, they still looked good. Like they still looked like they could win it, right? They didn't look defeated. And even in that game, they looked, they were competitive, right? They, some people would say they even looked like the better team. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it comes down to, Blocked shots and bad bounces, and Tampa had more blocked shots, and they had less bad bounces, and they ended up walking away with it. Now, if we want to talk about Toronto for a second, because that's what we're here to do, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's really hard to, to, to talk about them, because it's like they had a good regular season, they had a good series, but obviously this isn't the result that fans wanted, and it's just like, what's, what's next for this team, you know? How do, they, how do they fix this? How do they beat Tampa? And, and obviously the, the question mark is in net, right? That's the obvious answer. But like, for me, it's just, it's so hard to talk about this team because it's like, what, do, what is it? What do you do? How do you fix it? And looking at this season, you're like, it wasn't even a bad season. You know, it's just, it's, it's incredible to me that the TSN and all of them, they could talk about them forever because for me, it's just so cut and dry. It's mm-hmm. so straightforward. They're a good team that can't get it done. They have no finish. I heard rumors that they potentially want to go after UC Saros. <sighs> Honestly, I can't tell if you're just pulling my leg or if you did. But at this point, I honestly wouldn't hate it. I would hate it. But the reason I would hate it is because I think Saros on the Leafs, automatic Stanley Cup. I think if this season's roster, if you made no changes to it, well, but, yeah, but, but you have to. Yeah, yeah I, know, you, I know you have to. Yeah. But th- that's my point is if you just copy paste UC yeah. Saros is in the net for the Leafs on this year's team, yeah. Stanley Cup. Yeah. And to me, it, it's honestly not that close. Yeah. Like that would be an, un- put it this way. Tampa is the team that a lot of people are talking about now making it and winning. They're going to three-peat. The Leafs took them to seven with Jack Campbell in net. Yeah. Right. Imagine if they had a legitimate goaltender. Mm-hmm. And you know when you, when you talk about the Preds and you talk about UC Soros, a lot of people forget UC Soros. He makes five mil a year until twenty twenty five, which adds significantly to his trade value. Yeah. Like you do you, re- do you remember my reaction to when he signed that deal? Yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were losing it. I, I yeah. do remember. Yeah. That was right around the time that uh, Demco, I believe, signed an identical contract. Yeah, they were similar for sure. I think yeah. it was like 5.5 to 5. Like, yeah. There was a yeah. little bit of close. variance. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember we were both excited. Yeah. And yeah, th those are going to pay off really well. Yeah. I'm glad the Leafs lost. <laughs> Who isn't? But yeah. Like you said, I do feel just the tiniest little bit bad for them. But Marcus and I called it. Yeah. The Leafs are losing in seven. Two years in a row, by the way, we called it. That is two. Last year was more impressive because they were down 3 1 and we yeah. called it, but still. Yeah, up 3 1. Yeah, they, were, they up, were up 3 1. Sorry. Yeah, but still, no, you're, you're right. That, that was mental. The, the one thing I just want to touch on first if you are Nashville and Toronto calls you and they say, look, we are taking sorrows, like we're going to do what it takes to get it done, what are you asking for there? Rodion Amirov. William Nylander, a first. You think it's going to be more than than that? Okay, like you look like you're first. trying to add to it, dude. They are asking for a Norris caliber goalie in his prime Vesna. on an amazing. Uh, yeah, sorry, thank you. <laughs> yeah, a Vesna nominated goalie in his prime on one of the best goaltending contracts in the league. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm looking at more. Like, if I'm Toronto, I'm also willing to pay more. Like. For one, you got to have a, a key piece like Nylander. Mm -hmm. You got to have a decent supplementary piece that's probably going to pay off in Rodion Amirov, who, for those of you that aren't familiar, he was their first round pick uh, in 2020, I believe. So you're basically asking for what is on most teams a first. I would argue Nylander is a first liner on most teams. Yes. Yeah. Right. He's a second liner on some teams, but yeah. he, a first liner and basically the equivalent of three firsts on top of that. No, I was thinking Amirov, a first, and then I'm trying to think of like another prospect or maybe a later round pick, maybe like a third or the equivalent to that in terms of a prospect. Okay. But, and then I think you're sending Soros and something else. I don't think it's just Soros because right. for me, a lot of deals kind of work out that way yeah. where you see, all right, they want at least something else so that in terms of like, you're not giving up three assets for one, you're giving yeah. up three for two kind of thing, right? So um, yeah, but like, I love UC Soros. Do not get me wrong for a second. But if I think there's a hockey deal that can be made that makes the Predators better, that involves trading him away, um, then, you know, I think they should pull the trigger on it. And I have confidence in Yaroslav Askarov, who, breaking news, just signed his entry-level deal, and he'll be playing in North America next year, guaranteed. I think it will be with the Admirals. Uh, I think he'll start in the AHL, and we'll see how things go. I think Connor Ingram will back up UC Saros in, in uh, Nashville. But who knows, man? He could Yaroslav Askarov could have a killer year next year and be ready for the NHL in like two years' time. Yeah, you know, like I, this, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Yeah, I think the Preds are set up to do a wicked retool. Um, so we'll see. Sorry, yeah, just I would love to see Askarov as an NHL starter. Right, dude. It's that. It's that. It's that right-handed catching glove goalie, like the backwards goalies. Yeah. It's just every like they're so intriguing to me. But yeah, and, and sorry, just because we're on the topic, I want to get this in here. Um, another piece of breaking news. We missed this in the first half, so we'll bring it up now. It's official. It's not just reported. John Hines is kind of come back for the right. next two years. It's amazing. It's like they heard us talking and went, you know, what? yeah, let, let's just lock that one up. Yeah, oh, man, dude. I've been reading some of the comments in uh, in Nashville Predator fandom. Mm -hmm. No, but there is not a single fan who is excited about this. Jeez. Like, what? what's the idea here? Like, dude, wh beats wh me. What's the logic behind it? For David Poyle to, to prove that he's senile. Like, 
I don't understand <laughs> wh- why he would think this is a good idea. The only thing that I'm like less upset about is the fact that he signed him to a two-year deal, which in terms of like coaching yeah, is kind of the equivalent of like, show me, yeah, you know, because they can easily fire him in the first year and kind of be like, whatever, yeah, right? So I'm like, okay, at least they still, you know, have an idea of the kind of coach he is and they're not giving him some big long extension i gotta say i do find it quite unique because there's not a lot of times where a gm or coach will make a move and the entire fan base just simultaneously hates it mm-hmm. you know like usually at least some of them are on that side until it's proven otherwise yeah but like the, the only one i can even think of is when the oilers traded for duncan keith and they gave up like a fair bit yeah, for him yeah and the whole fan base was first of all saying we don't want him yeah. and then they went why the hell would you give that all up yeah <laughs> edmonton's gm came out and said well did you want me to get him for free and they were <laughs> like no we didn't want him at all yeah <laughs> it was just like th- this is what this reminds me of it's yeah. just one where the whole fan base just went bad idea yeah Anyway, that was a great amount of Leafs news to talk about. That was just perfect. I <laughs> yeah. love how we did that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we should probably go back to talking about the Leafs yeah. at least a little bit. But, but like, I'm really trying to think. Like, this is a team that, other than goaltending, pretty much has everything. Yeah, I mean, right? obviously, there's a lot of pundits who complain about the decor. But, like, come on, man. Like, yeah. they have some pretty good defense. They have Muzzin, Riley, yeah. Giordano. Yeah, like, Bushkin's like, not terrible. No, like, this yeah. is not a bottom defense grouping in the league this is i would say close to top 10 like around that area right might be a give or take a few over a few under Mm -hmm. but that's what makes it so tough to rate this team is it's like you know what yeah you can improve your goaltending easily but you're gonna have to subtract from your prospect pool and probably your your forward at the very least the depth Mm -hmm. if not the core and the higher pieces in it so it it's tough to well to rate this team's season that's tough because, again, even for one of the first times ever, Leafs fans are not mad at the team about the loss. Mm-hmm. You know, they're mad at the situation, mm-hmm. but they played a really good series. That game seven was maybe the best hockey game I've seen in the last three years. It was so fast and there was so much finesse. It was unbelievable. And that, that's just it. Is Even though they lost, I have a tough time Blaming the guys on the ice for it. But I don't know if I can really blame Dubas either. Mm-hmm. Or, or Keith. you know? Keith played great lines together. Dubas built what should be a, a nearly unstoppable team. It's like they answered all the questions right, but they still failed. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I, I don't know. And this is coming from someone who hates them. I should give them an F, but I feel like I can't. I mean... I can give him an F if you want. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. Let's do it that way. Now, sadly, this team deserves a fairly decent letter grade for the season that they put together. They just had really unfortunate odds where Tampa finished up and Tampa being a juggernaut that they are and a playoff beast. It it sucks. It sucks for the Leafs. It's great for everybody else. <laughs> that it is. That it is. And in terms of a letter grade... The way I see it is you're 100% right. Both of you are in that they had a great season, but obviously nothing great came of it. So you want to give them a fail, but it just doesn't feel right. And that's why I think with the Leafs, we have to grade them differently than any other team. We don't grade them on an A to F scale. We grade them on a pass fail. They get a pass. Okay. I like that, actually. 
I, that's a that's a very good idea. You don't have a lot of those, but that was a good one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm a Preds fan that just suggested we trade UC Saros. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> to the Leafs, nonetheless. <laughs> oh, man, man. And he said David Boyle's gone to see now. Yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, sticking with some somewhat unfortunate Leafs news, uh, Mitch Marner, the victim of a carjacking about a day or two after uh, they got eliminated from the playoffs. That's a, that's a rough week for the individual. Yeah, you, you hate to hear it. Like, yeah. there's nothing really to be said here other than, you know, hope he's okay, hope he didn't get hurt, you know, hopefully he can just move on from this and it can kind of just be erased because, like, you know, it's outside the rink. It's not on the ice. Yeah. It's just, just like, this happened to a guy. It's a crime. Hate to hear it. Wish it didn't happen. Yeah, and ho- hopefully it's not mentally draining on him. Yeah. That, that's the big thing is those kind of things can get locked up in your head and yeah, and really screw with your personal life. So hopefully he's all right. And if he needs to talk to someone, he talks to someone and, and uh, hopefully everything gets better for him. Yeah, no, of course. Um, no, you hate to see that happen to anyone. Um, and you just have to, you really just have to hope that that didn't have something to do with the game. You know, you really hope that that wasn't some, fan just out of their mind you know you hope that that was a a random thing okay well after all that uh i think i'm 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 exhausted from that i'm I'm, i think i need to go cool down i think i'm gonna jump off the diving board and do a back slap (laughs) into the inbox onto (laughs) yeah i'm not gonna sink i'm just gonna just lay there on top I've never oh. called heard anyone call it a back slap. I've oh yeah, like well a, you know what? Ding! I've never heard it called that. I've heard it called like a back flop, but not a back slap. No, here's the thing: is once you've done one, it's a back slap. Okay. <laughs> it's it is a it can ruin your summer. <laughs> like I'll just put it that way. It's it, it can be very bad. Uh, anyway, let's jump into the first question that we got here. Um, if you're a GM. Who are you going after in free agency? That's pretty open-ended because it doesn't talk about like what team or like you're just a GM. So you're looking at free agents. But if I'm a GM of any team, it's the Vancouver Canucks. (laughs) Okay. And if I'm looking at free agents for the Vancouver Canucks, I'm looking at unrestricted free agent Max Domi. Great. Do you think Rutherford listens to this podcast? No, without a doubt, he has to. You'd think so, right? Yeah. Hey, Jim. Yeah, Jim, how's it going? <laughs> Buddy guy, sign Max Domi. It, it would be one of the most undervalued contracts you could p- pick up. And we're talking about cap space all the time with the Canucks. Bring Domi onto this team. He will perform above his contract if you put him on a line with Horvat. Guaranteed. That is a Marcus Keller guarantee. And those always come true. Especially if you're betting against the Leafs. Yeah. That's right. Marcus Keller is a man of his word. That's right. <laughs> Philip Forsberg. <laughs> if you're the GM, if you're David Poyle, then yeah. Okay. If I'm if I'm Jim Rutherford. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm looking at Nick Lighty all day long. <laughs> you can I, don't have even, him. I don't even know if he's a UFA, but I'm still signing him. Yeah, you can have him. <laughs> Tyler, if, if uh, Forsberg went to the Canucks, who would you put him on a line with? Elias Pettersson. Yeah. yeah it was at a D pairing. Who else? <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Vasily Podkolzin. That would be a very interesting line. If if Pedersen could play make, then sure. Yeah, and if Podkolzin, if they could get him to just be a little bit harder in the boards, like in the corners and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he, he will he, be, man. Oh, he, he, he he's spent going one to year. He that. spent one year in the NHL and he held his own. Yeah, you just wait. He'll develop. Yeah, that that could be an interesting line. Actually, scratch that. Pierre Luc Dubois. Yeah, now there's a line. <laughs> Dubois, right. Pedersen, and Forsberg. Oh, All man. right. Okay. All right. On to the next question. Uh, what are some possible draft picks for the Canucks? Who's most promising? So we're looking at guys that are again around the 15th overall uh, position. I don't think they're picking 15th overall. Jack Hughes. Well, you, you always have Jack Hughes. Yeah. If Let's say if they do draft, who are they picking 15th overall? Jack Hughes. <laughs> I, I just hope it's a Slovak. Okay, let, let's, let's make this more simple. What position are they looking at drafting? Are they taking a forward, a defenseman, or a goalie? Uh, Whatever Jack Hughes plays. <laughs> that would okay. be forward. Uh, but I think if they're looking at this positionally, they should be looking at defense. Okay. They, they really need to develop their more. Their offense, they can tinker with that and make it a top five offense in the league in the next few years. That won't. I don't think that will be incredibly hard to do. Defense, they need help. And young, talented defensemen are not a very easy thing to trade for. And also, it seems like defensemen that get picked up in the draft in the last few years, they are they're on NHL rosters within three or four years. Yeah. Right? Like, usually it used to be, like, you know, defensemen would need years to develop into, you know, viable defensemen in the league. But now it's, you know, they're turning around really, really quickly. Mm -hmm. No, if, I, I mean, I'm still a firm believer you always take the best player available no matter what position. But if you have any bias at all to positions, you're looking for defensemen. In terms of, like, Let's say you have to like pick a name, right? Um, for myself, I'm looking at players that might be available around that spot. I've seen names. Uh, you'll have to forgive me because I know I'm going to pronounce these wrong. Uh, Pavel Mintyakov. He seems to be floating around in a lot of mock uh, lists. He would be another, I, I'm assuming, Russian. Um, and I know that we had talked about having another Russian on the team is probably something the Canucks have been looking at. Yeah. Um, given the fact that, you know, Vasily Padkoles had, you know, can't speak English. Yeah. Um, there's also Kevin Korchinski. Um, he's floating around in a lot of mock lists. Uh, if I doubt they're going to be able to get this player because he seems to be pretty high pretty consistently, um, but that would be Denton Matichuk. Um, he's typically top 10 in most of the lists I've seen. And then the absolute pike dream, which I know Tyler would love, is Simon Nemec. But <laughs> that's that's not Where, Where's Nemec supposed to go? Nemec's top five in every list. Top yeah. five. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know who, who I want? Who's you know that? who I want? Who's that? Servak Petrosky. Dude, he's a fifth rounder. Like, yeah. sure. So we might yeah, get him, we could, just not we with could, the 15th overall pick. We could get him in the first round, no problem. Yeah, go way off the board. Yeah. <laughs> the farthest <laughs> off the board anyone's ever gone. <laughs> but it's a yeah. safe pick. So th there's a couple names. If fans out there are looking for you know specific names, those would be the ones I'd be looking at. Also, there is a six foot five, two hundred and twelve pound defenseman by the name of Leon Bischel. He might be some guy you want to look at. Get a nice yeah, six five over two hundred pounds at 
18 years old is yeah. uh that sounds good to me yeah he's a big boy so I'd, I'd be looking at him too because like that's the thing is if they draft a defenseman that's you know 18 now he's only a couple years younger than hughes develops in the next few years a, a deep pairing where you've got a big strong puck moving defenseman playing with quinn hughes who's small agile fast that would be a crazy pairing which is why Luke i don't think Shen. they would be they, they would be on different pairings for sure i, I don't think Luke you put Shen. yeah i don't know man like i think that i you know I, I i don't hate the idea also you're not like luke quinn hughes was a top 10 pick right yep. 15th overall you're not getting that kind of like super high quality defenseman, yeah, that's true right so it's like for me i wouldn't be breaking them up if they're a good fit similar age you know completely opposing styles defensively who knows right could be a good fit yeah, could happen uh the last question we're gonna have time to go into here is uh what is your ideal miller trade that's that's a bit misleading because my ideal miller trade would be miller for mcdavid and dry that's my <laughs> ideal trade but like <laughs> yeah, obviously that's uh that's yeah. not gonna happen the, Canucks, the Canucks would never sell miller that low um, I mean, Miller with Myers and, you know, Pearson and whatever, yeah. and OEL. Yeah. All then we'll <laughs> talk about taking on McDavid's salary. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but as for actual trades, I mean, I think whoever the Canucks get, they're looking at someone younger than Miller is, right? Yeah. They're, they're looking at probably someone who's not even as good as Miller, but they're looking for someone and either a high-end prospect or a first-round pick. Patrick Liney. And Zach, Zach Wierenski. Wierenski. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't hate it. Uh, I don't oh, hate oh, it. I'd do the trade. Yep. And then I'd flip line A for the, something the else. The problem is, is that every time he brings up line A and Wierenski, you're like, kind of like, it's, <laughs> it's not a terrible idea. <laughs> it's always and like, if, if Miller doesn't want to take a hometown discount, we're shipping him to Columbus. Like, come on, dude. He's from That's Columbus. Punishment. He's from Ohio. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he knows how terrible it is. <laughs> he doesn't want to go back. <laughs> All right. Or, or we could ship him to Ottawa for Thomas Shabbat. What? Oh. I have not seen any reports that Shabbat wants out of Ottawa. Me neither, but there is now. Okay. All right. I mean, that's the thing. I think that JT Miller might be the most valuable piece on the trade block this summer. Right. No, not talking about UFAs, like just as far as guys that you have to trade for. I think he's right at the top for a lot of teams. And uh, I, I'm really going to be interested to see what a player like this commands. Yeah, especially if you think about a guy like um, Seth Jones last summer, right? Like that trade exactly. which Chicago gave up for Seth Jones, who they then had to sign for $9.5 million a year, right? Just imagine. Yeah. And know? this isn't just like some really good forward this is a guy who can bring you from i would say as poor as a first round knockout to a cup contender with one move yeah right um you, you have to think the price on this guy must be massive um just talking about jt miller's value um it was actually confirmed today uh that the rangers made an offer for jt miller near the deadline and the offer got leaked they offered a first round pick nils lundquist and Philip, I'm sorry, I don't know how to say the last name. Is it Chittle? Ch Ch Chittle. Chittle. Yeah. yeah. So they offered those three for Miller at the deadline. Yeah. Um, I would argue his value is higher than that now. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be very interested to see what the Canucks could get for this guy. 
Small correction. I think it's Cheadle, the more I think about it. That sounds like something I've heard. Either way, these are three. I mean, a first Nils Lundqvist and... Uh, Philip whatever Philip Cheadle they, these are three high-end pieces that it's it, it is embarrassing that we don't know how to say their names yeah. but like th- that's not a small return yeah, that's no. big anyway that's about all the time we're gonna have for the inbox today and speaking of the time it is, is time t- for Tyler's, Tyler's surprise headline. headline what a goof fuck it's Tyler's surprise headline oh yeah you're joking. <laughs> uh, this has been a bad week for me in the roadcast. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are so much better at that when you guys are in the same room. Barely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's hear it. What is this? Florida week's? man. Uh, of course. Yeah. Wanders naked through neighborhood. For, for through neighborhood. Neighborhood. <laughs> neighbor's hole. <laughs> no, through neighborhood holding cooking oil. While having an erection, oh. <laughs> he says he is aroused by the rain. <laughs> well, who isn't? <laughs> I, I need. Okay, I'm trying to figure out where to start dissecting this. Let, let, let's reverse engineer this. So he's aroused by the rain. Yes. This inspired him to get some cooking oil, strip naked, and walk around outside with a boner. Well, I mean, the, the, everything there makes sense other than the no, cooking oil. No, yeah, I mean, well, if, if, no. if you're getting aroused by the rain, then yeah, you would have a... F- was it stiffy. raining? Was it raining while this was happening? It sure was. Okay. Well, then there you go. Okay. That explains the naked so and the that, stiffy. That small piece of context, though, changes the story. Because otherwise, it's just a guy who gets aroused by the rain out for a stroll on a nice sunny day. <laughs> <laughs> naked Where, yeah. with but ready. oil. Very ready. Oh, he's ready. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, the overcast is just foreplay to him. <laughs> yeah, so the police ended up getting called. No kidding. And, um, imagine a police chase when you're chasing a dude with a boner. Man's just running away. He's got cooking oil and a boner, and the, che- the police have got to try and catch him. I think oh, we've hit man. our limit of how many times we can say boner in an episode. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> true. Like, I, I know that we're rated R or whatever, but, like, this still isn't allowed. <laughs> um, okay, what was the cooking oil for? Probably so he could slip away from the police. <laughs> okay, so he was planning on getting arrested. He just... <laughs> No, he was not. (laughs) (laughs) He was very much planning on not getting arrested. The the cooking, like, there has to be something to that. Like, you have to think, someone who's decided, no, I'm into rain enough to go outside naked with a boner and just walk around (laughs) the neighborhood. This guy didn't bring cooking oil because it was on his grocery list. Like, no. he, he needed that for something, and I want to know what it was. <laughs> well, I, no, do I don't have think an answer do. for you. Yeah. yeah. But during the interview with the police after... <laughs> he conducted an interview. They, they, they asked him, they're like, so, so why were you aroused? Like, he's like, well, I wasn't aroused by any of the people walking by or anything. It was the rain touching my skin. <laughs> Like just like Jesus. the weirdest thing, but what like the scariest thought is he was walking past a middle school. Oh, oh that's not okay. Yeah, that 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 clears things up. I what bet he creep. will not be going within a hundred meters of that school again anytime soon. Hundred feet. 
It should be a hundred meters. <laughs> it should be more than that. It should yeah. be a kilometer. Yeah. Or a 72 mile. Seventy-two nautical miles. Seventy-two <laughs> nautical miles. Yeah. The best unit of measurement. Anyway, I think that about uh, puts a boner in it. I mean, puts a cap in it for this episode. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, um, thank you, everyone, for joining us, including Tyler, who joined us for yeah. the second half. Thanks for finally showing up. Yeah. You're welcome. Ding. That's what I'm here for. Uh, that, that about wraps it up, though. So if you want to get in touch with us or follow our other endeavors, uh, you can follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitch, and YouTube, all of which we are at Vancouver Boys Podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Vancouver Boys underscore. What? Vancouver Boys underscore is where you can find our uh, Twitter account. Well, that's dumb. It is dumb. You're right. But but it is what it is. Um, lots of... Uh, we, we post a lot of Tyler Surprise headline articles there, too. Yeah. So if, if you guys want to check those out for yourself, well, uh, head on over there. I don't know. We don't happened. post shit. Tyler no, no, Tyler is in charge of that account. <laughs> uh, and if you want to uh, contact us for any serious inquiries, like you're uh, a bit concerned about the amount of times you've heard the word boner in the last five minutes. Uh, <laughs> or, or the lack of you. Yeah. Or, or the, Call disturbing, your doctor. the disturbing lack of boners for the first hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, call your doctor and then send us an email. <laughs> if there's an attachment, you won't have it read. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but seriously, uh, send yeah, us come an email. on, let's be serious. Yeah, now. let's get real here. Uh, send <laughs> us an email at vancouverboyspodcast at icloud.com, which is our new email. Uh, you can send us an email there for any serious inquiries, which I'm sure you must have a ton of by now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that puts it in the books for episode 58, was it? That is it. Uh, well, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you on the next one. Peace. Come watch us on Twitch! <laughs>